Hey everybody, welcome to the Writer's Block Podcast. Tonight's episode brought to you by gum. Chew it. I am genuinely excited about this episode. If you got this far, and I hope you did, Christ, how could you have started this but not gotten this far? That would be way too judgmental. But if you got this far, you already know my guest is Rob Cordry. Here's what you might not know. Rob Cordry is one of the most jovial guys I've ever had the great pleasure of knowing. His enthusiasm is infectious. Seriously, I got an infection. I got an enthusiasm infection from Rob Cordry. Had to have it looked at. Drive over to Walgreens, pick up some ointment. God, that's a funny word, ointment. Come on. Rob and I talked a lot about Children's Hospital, mainly because it's so good. If you're not watching that, catch up and get with it. Rob reveals his current favorite go-to stupid name. For the record, his old favorite was Wayne. It's a pretty stupid name. I quiz Rob on his early days at The Daily Show, and he passes that quiz, but I hesitate to use the phrase flying colors. He shares the story of his slightly less than smooth transition into his post-Daily Show career, though that obviously panned out nicely. And he tells me about his system for staying productive, which basically boils down to full hearts, clear minds, can't not be productive. Oh, and he also talks about what it's like for him to give script notes to an Academy Award-winning writer. You know, because that happens. Quick little note before we get started. Writer's Block is going to release new episodes on Wednesdays from now on. That's right, Wednesdays. Take that, hump day. And we're going to be back to every other week, mainly because I'm exhausted. Sorry for that, but I am exhausted. Just ask my three-year-old who gets up at quarter to six every morning. He'll know. But there will be some special additional episodes every now and then, so keep your ears peeled. But that's later. This is now. We got Rob Cordry. It's awesome. It's great. Thanks for tuning in. Lord knows you have options. I'm flattered you chose us. You're part of the writer's block now. Let's do this. So, so kind of like, uh, what does it matter? But I always try to drag it back to that. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, because that, that, is, that is the focus of it and the idea is to just kind of like, you know, engage, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. like let people that don't know this shit know shit. Oh, cool. Like, you know, right. can you imagine when you were younger being able to listen to a conversation between Rob Corder and J.R. Avalon? The benefits? <laughs> the benefits? Uh, wow. I yeah, mean, no, just no. take a minute. Think take a, a minute. Think where we'd be now. You, you might want to take a knee. We'd be like fighting with our Oscars right now. Yeah, it's right? just out. out like, in, we'd just be throwing them out the window. <laughs> You yeah, know, like like watermelons yeah. over a fence. Wiping our asses with Oscars. Mm. Well, I do that. You know, <laughs> Not my Oscars, Not but my, yeah, but know, I with do. anyone that I see. Yeah. If I see an Oscar, it's going straight up the butt. <laughs> it's right up the butt. <laughs> That's what I do with them. You already heard me say, Rob Cordry, this is a writer's block. I'm J.R. Havlin, and I'm here with Rob Cordry. The Rob Cordry. I'm Rob Cordry. You are Rob Cordry. I'm not the Rob Cordry. There's another? Oh, there's so many. So no many. way. That's co-creator, such a common name. co-creator of Children's Hospital, which I'd like, dude, I did, I didn't, I wasn't watching it right from the start, but when I, when I would see like various episodes, and then knowing I was gonna get you, I watched a, you know, a bunch more. It's so fucking. Dope. Oh, thank. Only my dad has watched it since the very start. I bet a lot of people have. It's so good, <laughs> but I, you know, to me, it's a perfect example of the kind of really interesting, funny, different comedy that you can get or, or product that you can get 
out of a genuinely talented, fun, out of genuinely talented, funny people when you fucking leave them alone. Yeah. You know? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, and that's all because Adult Swim has, uh, has sort of like nailed that demographic. Right, they right. they have beat they beat everybody else in spades in terms of whatever the eighteen to whatever year old boys, and uh, so they're like as long as you don't as long as our numbers don't go down in general, do whatever you want, um, and uh, and also Warner Brothers too. I mean, of course, we're just like nothing for Warner Brothers, um, and they only gave me one note during the whole you know five years we've been doing this that's nuts which was a good five one. years too congratulations yeah. thank you yeah to keep cranking it out and, yeah um how do you do you write many episodes these days yeah yeah i mean i i are I, you in on the whole process i mean you're running oh, it. of course yeah. yeah no we're we're i'm show running it with uh david wayne and john stern okay um my, i don't know john stern he is uh he he's like i credit him with sort of inventing the web series in a way he um is just a sort of an indie film producer from New York back in the '90s when it was like you know the the place and the and the time to be producing those films and and he's one of those guys that 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 can do both things like he can book a caterer and he also can write a good joke and um, and you know and he's uh, so not at the same time he was the no I mean come on he's <laughs> human he's yeah he uh, is human <laughs> no he's not human oh actually. interesting no um, that's a sidebar okay uh, but he uh, so so I, I got teamed up with him I had no I knew him from from some other things but you know my manager was like you should I had this idea for a web series and, and, and he rightly said I should team up with John Stern oh wow how about that okay just yeah. From, yeah okay so you didn't know him before that I knew him, you know. We had I I was in a movie that he had produced, and okay. we were friendly. Yeah. So you so you pitch him the Children's Hospital idea. Was Children's Hospital not taken from an English show or what? No, no. It, it is. It's a. Uh, a lot of people think it's. Uh, it, it, it well, I mean, I'd say it is influenced by Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and that it's, which is a British show, and it's uh-huh. very much I think in the same tone as a lot of British shows, which. Only in that they can get away with whatever, whatever with whatever they want, right. right? So, I guess that's the kind of tone you come up with, like a really cool like joke engine. That was just that was just one of those ridiculous, stupid online things that I read, and I kind of got caught up in it. But what I loved is I saw the you know the 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 English adaptation episode. Oh yeah, which was which was just such a great play on like we get everything from them. And all of a sudden, they take it from you. And it was like it was—it was the adaptation in the description. It was the adaptation of America's longest, longest-running medical series, medical like, drama, medical drama. Yes, <laughs> drama. Well, they think I missed that it said drama. The mythology. You missed that part of it. I, the I mythology know. of the show, which is the only thing we care about in terms of continuity, is uh, yeah, that, yeah, that that the show's true. been on for like eighteen years. Yeah. Although it was somehow on in the sixties, and. <laughs> And it's, uh, you know, that, that's basically it, right? So um, we, we, we tell that... ourselves as, as the most medically accurate and yeah. longest running medical drama. Um, you look on your IMDb page, you know, sometimes those aren't too accurate, but there's like fucking 27 movies for 2013. You're a busy man. Well, I was a busy man uh, doing those movies uh, a year or two ago. But no, all... Those are just release dates? Yeah, well, they yeah, yeah. They all seem to be coming out right now, okay. which is you know good and bad. Right. Um, it, it's I've yet to find out exactly whether whether it's better 
<laughs> better or worse than, uh, you know, we'll see. Right. It's a great problem to have if it's, if it's bad. So what are you mixed up in right now? Uh, I don't know. What do you got? I'll do it. Uh, zip, sling. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we're editing the f- fifth season of Children's Hospital right now. And, um, and also, uh, we're sort of, um, we're putting together Hot Tub Time Machine 2. And, oh, great, yeah. And my brother and I are starting Very funny. Up. I, I oh, have nice. to admit, like, it was funny because, you know, I knew you're in it. I'm going to go see it. But, uh, um... But I was like, uh, you know, but the, the the name of it just completely threw, <laughs> completely threw well, me. Of course. Like, what is this gonna what 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 is yeah. this gonna be exactly? And I think I think even the trailers were really geared towards like sixteen year old boys or something like that. I don't yeah. know. But, but uh, that was a funny movie. Man. It was marketed poorly. Like it, you, yeah, you were great did, in it. Oh, thank you. You really were. I didn't really. I said the same thing everybody did. Of course, when I saw the title page on the script, but then. Oh, actually, like the spine of it, how it said Hot Tub Time Machine. And then I looked in and the title page said Hot Tub Time Machine based on the incredibly true story. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay, I get it. That's fine. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think, I think it was... I, I know you had to have done stuff before that, but I feel like that was the first significant role I saw you in as far as like time on screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, by far. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And I saw you in Cedar Rapids, and I emailed you. Right. Yeah, yeah. I emailed you because it was how fun. I hadn't seen you for a long time, and it was just like fun to see like badass Rob Cordry. <laughs> Neck tattoo Cordry? Neck tattoo yeah. Cordry. Yeah. Just, just total badass threatening guy. And, yeah. and, and I, the, and, and an angle I'd never seen before. Yeah, it was fun. Very convincing and fun. <laughs> and, and then again, I'm looking up on IMDb, and I find out the character's name was Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny because Gary is my recent go-to for like for a- stupid name. <laughs> you know, it's just so plain. Yeah, and now I guess I, we just put it to bed. Uh, I, I, I need I, a new one. You, that's you topped it out right there. I've already spent Wayne years that, that, ago. That that guy that that guy's name was Gary. Gary. <laughs> How do you couldn't it couldn't be Spike or something? Don't name your kids ass. Gary. If you walk away with one thing today, yeah. it's that. Gary Busey Havlin. My next <laughs> well, no, that's different. <laughs> Gary Busey George Foreman Havlin. It is a name to live up to, for sure. <laughs> Your child. Um, this is a... Uh, uh, and newsreaders, which was... But how much do you have to do with that? Uh, a lot. Okay. Uh, almost the same... Almost every, the same amount of, of, of work I had to do with children's, at least when it first started. Um Although we hired a showrunner, an executive Jim? producer, Jim Margolis, yeah. um, to uh, to run it for us and do the bulk of the work. Right. Um, so the only thing uh, we didn't do, it was the same process in terms of um, getting a bunch of ideas together and then executing them, either by ourselves or, or hiring So is this a production company? Is this with it. Wayne again? and. This was produced by uh, no, yeah. This is the same same group, yeah, same group, same the three of us, nice. yeah. And and then you know I know that uh, and it's a spinoff I, of Children's too. I, I know uh, um, how is how so? Well, there's we every year we do one episode which is sort of behind the scenes of that medical drama, that uh-huh. longest running medical drama. And I play Cutter Spindell. You know, everybody yeah, right, plays okay. their actor characters, and it's in the context of a fake sort of uh, like a, a sixty minutes type of news show called Newsreaders. Right. And so we that's what we pitched. Just right. that show without sort of the children's um, 
Yeah, and there's, and there's great stories. There's a lot of freedom there to do a lot of, like, ridiculous stories. And oh, yeah, But, but, but right? there's also, like, you've seen, I, I feel like you've seen attempts at that kind of stuff before. What, like a fake news work. show? I don't know. No, 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 no. We're the first I, no. ones to do that. Uh, no, 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 it's not, it's not that. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, you know, there's, just, there's just not, somehow not the right balance in that thing. Like, you know, that you're doing more of a fake, you know, 60 Minutes or, or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, uh, it, it's, it, it well, I, I can't thing, remember what I saw before, but just was not good. But it was, I don't know. Not, the problem, the problem I think with, with a lot of that is, uh, there's a, there's a big difference between like parody and satire, uh-huh. right? And that satire is relevant. Uh, it, 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 and, and parody is, at least as far as I'm concerned, not at all. Right. And so we're parodying yeah. a 60 minutes type show. And I, my mission statement, uh, if, if I could, had contributed anything to this, was no relevance whatsoever. Uh, to the stories to, that you're going to supposedly Yes, cover. nobody walks away having learned anything. Mm-hmm. You know? But do, they, but do they pretend they've learned something? Is it the... the no, the, I mean the viewer. Like, I don't right, want the right, viewer right. to... We don't... I'm not... But there's not, still the gravitas within the show oh, of, of course. Like, we are teaching you. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, that is the... It's also absurdity, which I think only really works if you have that sort of gravitas. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, um, um, Rachel Axler mm-hmm. wrote an episode. Yep. And Wyatt wrote an early episode. Yeah, that's I think, right. And yeah, yeah a lot of uh, ringers in there. Right, yeah. A lot of ringers. Yeah, bring them down. And of course, we had to like say, well, how do we how do we consciously make this different from the Daily Show? And mm-hmm. and it never really was a problem because you know, like I said before, as long as we're not concentrating on being relevant or and it's and it's and also don't try and make this look real. You know, like a lot of our right, right, yeah, at yeah, the very yeah. beginning, like this interview, this this guy's kind of overplaying it, and and I, I was like, I, I, who cares? Like, it shouldn't look like real life. Uh, it, you know, it's like extra life, um, and and that I think is what sets it apart. Yeah, right. That that, that you don't try to make the parody too close. Yeah, so that yeah. it's biting. You're just you're just parodying no, it for the yes. for the sake of getting laughs. For chewing, more like chewing, gumming. Yeah, you, gotta, you don't want to bite. Not bite it. Yeah, just gum it. Gumming. Yeah, gum it. <laughs> gum it. Gum it. Good. Gum it, bitch. That, you gotta <laughs> or swallow get, it. Yeah, swallow it. Well, don't do that. We swallow it with some water. We're not. I'm not asking you. <laughs> some water. How gentlemanly. Like a pill. Here's some water. Swallow, swallow it. Swallow it like a pill. <laughs> I kind of lost track of what we were talking about. Yeah, I don't know what we're I swallowing. Like yeah, I, I do. Like I like it a little hot. I'm so hot right now. Yeah, me too. It's, you should open a window. <laughs> we look good. You haven't changed a bit. No. Yeah. And neither of you. No, that's I true. Don't think we, you have. We've both, ever since we lost about 35 pounds exactly. in the same Thanks two months. Thanks to you. <laughs> Yeah. We both no, no, you did it first. Oh, did I really? Yeah, you did it first. Oh, and remember, then I then I me. went up to you and I said, "How the fuck did you do that?" That's right. Because I was I was topping out at like one eighty five <laughs> or some shit, you know, terrible. And uh, um, and you gave me the number of the nutritionist. Oh, that's right. And that's I went right. and met her at a Starbucks. Weird place to meet a nutritionist. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot for you there at Starbucks. And uh, um, but that was but she because Rob had lost you know a lot of weight. It's like man, you know, you look good. I got to get there and. And that's how, that's what started. So Daily Show here. So so we're getting older. Blah 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 blah. I'm, I'm going to put your your memory skills Go ahead. to the test. Go do it. All right. See how that old thank sponge mm-hmm. is uh, functioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob Cordry. Go ahead. What day? What was the date of your first appearance on the Daily Show? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What was the date of the, your first appearance on the Daily Show? Well, I started in 2001, right? Eh. Two. 
2001. No, 2002. Beginning of 2002. <laughs> okay. So then it would be, but it wasn't in the winter. Nope. nope. It I mean, was you're looking at me the like, spring. Okay. <laughs> it was the spring. You're like you're like a bad psychic who's like well, you have a. I'm sensing a Robert. I'm I sensing a send an S. I see an S. I, I was hired. You and, had a grandmother. Yeah, yeah. Am I right about this? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and I, I was hired. I didn't do anything for weeks. I just sat there in my office. That you could, know? Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's, it's very confusing to me as to when I was first on. Yeah, you start, but you don't actually But I think you and I wrote the first draft of whatever it was I did. The, um, and then we'll, we'll, that, that was question number two. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the date was 2002, April 17th. Okay, well, hey. Oh, I, and I don't need to tell you this. It was a Wednesday. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the bit was uh, that you had undergone uh, uh, Botox treatment, and I was in on that. Yeah. And you had undergone Botox, and you had to speak right. through your... Mm-hmm. Through, through, and that's your first bit where you don't even get to open your mouth. And it didn't work because it, no one knew what I looked like to begin with. So it wasn't you, as funny if I was like... Right, 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 you know. right, right, right. And it, and it, 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 but it worked okay. It worked you did a really, yeah. You did a really good job. Fine. And, for, and it, was a, it was a challenging kind of first one to yeah. like really come across with some just completely absurd theme and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and do it well. So the Botox treatment, and you had to talk without moving your face. Um, and then you were on the next night, and here's the other question. This is easier, so I'm not going to get to you. <laughs> what was your title? Tell me what the tell me what the story was about. It was about um, the story was about the Cardinal the Bernard Law. Remember Law from Boston? Yeah. He covered up the molestation charges. Senior Massachusetts correspondent? No, chief religion correspondent. Oh. The Daily Show's chief religion correspondent. The first day you didn't have a, a, a title. That was your first title. <laughs> now, uh, your first field piece. Now, I'm going to put some extra pressure on you here. Okay. Well, it was May 9th, 2002. Okay. Um, this, this is a, is a three-part question, and, I, and I'll put some questions. The, 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 the topic of it, um, I was just talking to Stuart Bailey coming down here, mm-hmm. and he got it. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, he got it. I don't know. I don't know how because he was producing at the time and he knew it was a bear. He remembered it being a bear, mm-hmm. like that. Like uh, um, so. Oh, that's right. It was with. Um, was it with? It was either with Gideon. Gideon Evans. Gideon Evans. That was question number one. Edited by. Oh, it was edited by um, Einer. Einer West. Yeah. Oh, two. Wow. Two for two. Wow. <laughs> so, and I remember just Gideon apologizing afterwards, like they all be easier ones. <laughs> You know, um, and the uh, title of the piece. Well, I don't know. I never remember the titles because well, those, yeah, those right, are like right, thought yeah, up yeah. by an intern, like right before. Well, this they went might on help you with the topic of it. The okay. title of the piece was "No Spin Zone." <laughs> the f- what? What do you spin? What do you spin? Do you A sp- lot of things, Jailer. <laughs> Tons of things you spin. Sometimes I spin yeah, around. Yeah, I, I suppose that wasn't quite as helpful. <laughs> what do you spin? I think it's a little more helpful when the I know what fortune. I'm talking about. The Wheel of Fortune. You're right, that's what it was. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, um, sometimes you, to trap someone, you spin a... A yarn. You spin a story. You spin the story. Well, but you... You, <laughs> you spin um, a top... A dreidel. The dreidel you, juice. Oh, you get caught in a... When you get caught in a... Uh, d- dryer, a laundry <laughs> dryer. You, you get. Oh man, you know, like we, if, if we were on twenty thousand dollar pyramid, <laughs> we would owe them forty thousand dollars. <laughs> it was no spin zone. It was a, um, it was the Spider Man thing. You, you, oh yeah. wow, the sp- 
spin a web. That is so, what a terrible hint. No, no, I did. I wasn't <laughs> thinking. I, did, I didn't put um, the hints. The hints aren't listed. The, the, uh, the uh, oh, yeah, that was, is, terrible. was terrible. Did it ever, it aired. It aired, and Stuart was saying it was very hard to get past John. Oh, boy, it was bad. Yeah. And I just kept saying, what my only contribution was, let's find a guy named, like, Eric Spiderman. <laughs> Spiderman. <laughs> At the time, like, where, yeah. And then it didn't exist, and I was no. like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I got yeah. nothing else. Tell me what to do. I'm, I'm, you, I'm just scared. You ended up just walking around Times Square in a leotard. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, of course. As yeah. I always did. And then uh, Stewart pointed out something that was very funny. It was that like he what he called the only joke in the piece. <laughs> yeah. Was the was at the very end you um, took a massive dose of radiation to to test you know what it would do to you. Okay. And you die. And then it says <sighs> Rob Cordry, you know, two thousand right. nineteen whatever to, to yep. two thousand two. Um, and then it's a shot of the clouds, and there's a voiceover saying, uh, we'll miss you, Rob, but it's your voiceover. <laughs> we'll miss you, Rob. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I couldn't remember what the joke was there, but that, that, was, that, was, that was funny. That was it. Can't remember. It was, yeah. it was a three-minute walk to, there. Yeah. Um, and I'd say to your listeners, walk, don't run. To, yeah. to look that piece up on the not going to have to. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link to it right oh, on the yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. Good. And enjoy my tuft of hair in the middle of the life. The tuft of hair was always a, was a fun uh, uh, topic of conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm took sure. A while, it took a while for you to unload that. Yeah, well, yeah, my wife... hanging on. My wife told me um, that she... My wife loved it, or at least she told me she did. Yeah. So I... It's sort of like the, the, the cool guy's comb over, in a way. If I didn't shave it, it would still have to... It would still be there. I have stubble right now. Listen. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's, tuft. That's the tuft right in the middle yeah. of the forehead. Yeah. Wow. So it's like a shave, birth defect. You have to shave that part every day. You have to, you have to, you have to shave your head <laughs> just to look like a like a, 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 a human being. Yeah, without a defect. <laughs> <laughs> what is that thing? Oh God! Good Lord! Um, how long were you at the show? Uh, well, it's two thousand six, right? Four, four and a half years, I'd say. Do you remember why you left? Where did you go? You were, yeah, I left um, because I got a uh, pilot. Okay. I got a pilot out here, right. and it was um, a Seth MacFarlane produced show. Uh, so you know, I, I thought that was worth um, the only one that didn't take. <laughs> yeah, I think, and because it, it was his first and only live action, and it uh, he's doing another one. Oh, is he really doing another one right now? Mike Scully's uh, um, Mike Scully's consulting producer on it. I was talking to him, but well, not about that show. It's called Dads or something. But uh, wow. well, I mean, but he's. Definitely, like, because of Ted, I think, probably, and he's had a little bit more experience in the last six years or so. Yeah, right. uh, and, but it was also good. It was just a multicam sitcom and at the time, at a time when those were really unpopular. Yeah, not coming back. No, right. and, and, and a weird tone for a multicamera. And also, the whole premise was that I was friends with a 14-year-old boy. And, and, and we, we, they ordered six episodes, and... I think right around right around airing time, Fox was like, "What, what have we done? This is a, this is a show about a pedophile." <laughs> we didn't realize that. How did we not see this that? Is, this is terrible. How did we not see that? And then I went on to not work for like a year and made I think less money than I had since I was like, you know, a twenty-one-year-old starving actor in New York. Of course, you had it all stockpiled though. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just living off. After having a baby and moving my whole family to LA. And then just living off the interest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fat. Living fat. Fat. Ugh, no. It was an awful year. But, um, um, yeah, that's rough. And uh, But so, were you writing stuff and trying to create stuff of your own at that time? Like the coming up with ideas like Children's Hospital and stuff like that? No. Um, you know, at that point, at that time, 
I didn't consider myself a writer. Uh, I wrote a lot and I had been writing for a long time. Um, and, you know, even on The Daily Show, those those field pieces are largely written by the the producer, the field producer and yeah. the correspondent. But, um, you know, it, it was a uh, I never really thought of myself. I wasn't able to own the title. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right, right. Just in your own. Especially head. for not even never having a credit to, you right. know, uh, helps. But I still like, don't own the title. It's, well, it's hard. Yeah, it's like to call yourself that is like I really revere writers and always have my whole life, and 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 that's not like a big deal to me to be yeah, a writer. To, to and, call yourself that, and, I, and yeah, so to call myself that was really hard. And so what I did was then there was the writer strike. I, I maybe did a lot, of, a couple crappy movies or whatever, and and um, there was the writer strike, and I didn't work for a long time. And the only thing we could do was web, were web series. But I wasn't even focused on that. I spent my time eight hours a day, right, like learning how to be more productive for when I was, for when we were allowed to work again. Uh-huh. And so I learned, I learned, you know, productivity systems and really kind of honed my skills and made plans and, and sort of just cleared my head in a way that had never been before, right? In terms just of during like... During the strike when everything's during the strike, and just... Feeling like I was finally like not anxious about coming up with something or uh, not anxious about not knowing how to work, right? And then I just had the idea for Children's Hospital. What do you mean by well, product- productivity I, I will tell systems. you, I mean, the, the it system... Sounds like a book I, you read. Well, no, I found, yes and no. I found, I found, I found a couple guys on the internet that were talking about this. That one, his name was Merlin Mann, right? And he was talking about this thing called Inbox Zero. And his whole thing was about how... You know, our to-do list in this modern society is basically our inbox. We sit down at our computer and and we let email dictate what we're going to do next. And that's ridiculous. And then he started talking about GTD and so, you know, get things done, which is basically a productivity cult, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started looking into that and I really responded to it because I'm one of those guys that likes writing lists. Right, yeah, like too. I you write a to-do this. list, and then you f- you feel better. You feel like you've gotten half the work done just having written the list. That's this the feeling you get from this. And I they do. Call it, I like I wake up and just write down, take a piss, so that I can check it off. Well, then you're doing it. You're I'm doing, doing it. GTD basically yeah. at, the, at the most basic level. And but the, their whole thing is like the second you have an idea, and don't even judge what the idea is. Write it down or get it out of your head and get it into what they call an inbox. And whether that's electronic or whether you're writing it down or get it somewhere, process it later, whatever, but like get it out of your head. And that sort of, because once you say like, oh, I got to remember to do that thing, it creates a tiny bit of anxiety that mm-hmm. maybe you're not even aware of, but it is, it, 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 it hurts the creative process. And so the goal is a, what they call a mind like water, meaning your pond, your mind, your pond will ripple um the ripples in your pond should be uh respective to the the size of the thing thrown in your pond right so or or rather i'm sorry i got that wrong rather lower like you, you throw some through you can throw anything in my pond at that point and it wouldn't make a ripple mm-hmm. basically because i was pro- i was getting it out of my head and processing it um, I'm not going to become a GTD spokesman after this podcast. No, gets no, it. no, maybe not. <laughs> but uh, but you get the idea. Basically, yeah. you have a basically a clear mind, and and that's when 
just the the ideas I had I had more ideas than ever and what about those things that you that the ideas or the things that you came up with that you put somewhere else are you, are you to address those later yeah, yeah yeah you process them later well I mean I when when I um, the, the way that I write a lot of my stand-up these days is I, I basically just um, rehearse when I walk to work mm-hmm. and I rehearse on my way to work and I have my my phone in my pocket I got my headphones on I got it on the um, mm-hmm. on the microphone setting so yeah. that uh, so first of all I can walk down the street talking and yeah. people don't know that I'm talking to myself they think I'm talking to somebody on the phone so I I don't have to worry about it like that mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> yeah right right and then and then uh, um, I keep it off but when I think it, like I'll just rehearse when I think of a new line or a new bit or something then I turn it on I put that in there I turn it off I keep going yeah and it's that's... gone it's gone and then when I go back. Right. I, and then I put that in and I work it out and I'll work out some other stuff and it's just like that has been by far the best way that I've ever been able to do it. You should look into I do that too sometimes and I, you should look into uh, do you have tool, use tools like Dragon Dictation? I well um, I, I, I have that but I don't use I mean just this just putting it on onto the you're basically um, onto, doing it yeah, yeah right yeah. yeah yeah I mean I don't need it to, I don't need it to pick up what I'm saying and, and yeah. speak it back to me you know right. it, it does it's on the recorder when I'm writing something for like a script I'll do that and then I Dragon Dictation's helpful because then I can just cut and paste the text oh yeah yeah right, right 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 yeah but you're doing like with stand up you don't necessarily have to well do that. right and and for for me like uh, um, the the almost more creative part of the process is if rather than dragging and pasting. If I have to go in and physically listen to it and physically take it and physically type it out again, then it better be fucking good. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So right. within that process, I'm rewriting already. Yeah. I, so by the time yeah. I so I say it, and then by the time it gets down on the paper, I'm, it's it's a rewrite. It's already been through yeah. a process. Yeah. It's already been through a little bit of a ringer, and then I'll then I'll put it through again. And <clears throat> if I'm coming up with a show idea or a movie idea or whatever, then I I try to I'll say okay. I'm going to turn on the, um, you know, because I know a bunch of stuff in my head, but I haven't, you know, if I try to write down like this character is so and so, and this, this, and then there's Bobby, <laughs> and, and Bobby is a teenager, yeah, yeah, and he likes licorice. I think that'll be nice for his triangle. <laughs> I don't know for sure. Right. I don't know why. Okay. And so instead of that, I'll turn on the, uh, just turn on the mic. I'm going to just talk about it for a half an hour. I'm just mm-hmm. going to talk to myself about it for a half an hour. I'm going to pitch it. Yeah. You need to just turn it on and talk and talk for a specific amount of time so you don't have a giant file to deal with. Totally. And then you listen to it and go through it and take your notes. And as you take your notes, you might say, Johnny likes licorice. Mm-hmm. And then what it's on there, so I write Johnny or whatever the fuck. What did I call him? Bob? Who gives a yeah, shit? I don't know. He likes um, yeah, licorice, he, he's, though. He's a teenager and he likes licorice. He's got a real sweet tooth. Yeah, a real sweet <laughs> tooth. So I take licorice away. It's got a sweet tooth. I don't want to limit him. <laughs> no, this is, it's a problem. It's like a physical problem. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, um, and then he, he ends up being a diabetic, which is funny. <laughs> sure. And you know, but so the, as you're doing that, then you add more stuff to that yeah. because you're there. Yeah. And then you turn it on again, and you add that's more true. stuff, and then the next thing you know, you got this big document to actually work with. I think that's the best place to get started because uh, you know they say that basically writing, writing, fleshing out an idea is just problem solving, right? And the way I like to solve problems is like, say I have. Uh, a problem in a relationship with someone, I'll talk to that person when I'm driving or in the shower. You know, I mean, we all do it. That's how I and I, if you're ha- if work you're, out. If you're if you're if you're talking to somebody in the shower, yeah. I don't know if you. Oh, without them there. No, without them there. I, okay. I'm having I'm having practice conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by having practice conversations, you sort of work out the problem. Right. 
You know, I find myself doing that a lot. I like the idea that you have those practice conversations, and in your head, that was great, man. That was really good. I, that problem doesn't <laughs> exist in my head anymore. And you, you like say you come home and it's Sandy. The problem still exists. No, we no, talked no. about this. Well, yeah, it does not. We worked it out. I, we worked it out. You weren't there, but I, it was great. <laughs> Honey, you would have loved what I, I said. I cannot do it now. Trust me, it doesn't. You, you don't. You don't get. It. We're done. I can't believe you can't move on from yeah. this. You should yeah. go for a drive or take a shower because I don't want to talk about this right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, it works. That's how we work out all our problems. Technology has helped me immensely in in writing. Mm-hmm. You know, I love figuring out little tweaks and fiddling with technology to like you know um make the process of writing easier and more fun and yet okay so now let's let's talk about the aside from that you still have to have the idea you still have to be able to put into words you still have to be able to paint with them and understand how they're going to be acted out Mm -hmm. and stuff now that's a big advantage for you i was talking to phil rosenthal Mm -hmm. um who said you know a great advantage to him was that he was an actor Mm-hmm. And uh, and he and he did some directing, and that was a great advantage for him to be able to write because he knew that world, and he knew what what you know what would work and what wouldn't, and what what people could be capable of. Yeah. So you know you uh, you know both sides of the camera, right? And that right. helps. Yeah, it does. It doesn't hurt for sure. The thing that I did more than anything was. Make sure when I do have that idea and know it's a good one is to surround myself with people who are smarter than me, that I can oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. I can learn a lot from and not have an ego. Nothing about wrong it. with that. Well, just don't have an ego about it. Is mm-hmm. is the larger point, right? And don't have an ego about anything. Um, your jokes, your babies, and and your and the people that you work with, because you want people to. I've learned so much about writing, doing Children's Hospital with David Wayne. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, it wasn't until we were well into probably season two that I could start considering myself a writer. Because I was were, paying this writer's guild at that point. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, uh, so when when you, your process there at, at Children's Hospital, do you, do you have a group that uh, gets together and yeah. pitches all the ideas and stuff? Yeah. And then, and yeah. then you just, uh, uh, you assign yourself to one or another. Or yeah, yeah. We just sort of get take a this one. huge dock full of, uh, we actually use technology. We, we get a group of like-minded friends together and we basically, somebody takes notes while recording the notes, while recording the brainstorming conversation on an application called Pear Note, which basically... Pear Note? Pear Note. Um, it's like, uh, it records the conversation while the person taking notes is typing in the same application. So if you forget, if you're not sure what this note means, you can just click on the word with your mouse and the audio will play that at because the time it knows that it's it written. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, is it P-A-I-R-N-O-P-E? Like, no, like the fruit, uh, P-E-A-R. Oh. oh, that's wild. Yeah, it's pretty. It's really helpful. And then we that all goes into a Google Doc, which we can all share and look at You know, when we're not together, which is you know our schedules are often so that we can't be together in the uh-huh. same room which is always the best thing to do right yeah, to right. be together right. Um, but you know and then we just sort of pare down the dock and pare it down and pare it down until we get you know 15 to 20 ideas that we really like and also or, or ideas for episodes ideas for A stories B stories C stories bits uh, previously ons anything yeah, really previously and then we just sort of build it from there and that's the most fun part for me it's like getting all these things on, on cards like physical cards on a table and moving them all around and building episodes and then yeah you, you, you start to grow 
uh, fond of certain ideas and 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 the three of us will have our first dibs at, at those for sure and and then and then sometimes you just get writers from wherever else. do you have a staff friends no we okay. have one we have one writer on staff this season and she was great and 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 uh, we're hoping this year because it is a you know as executive producers our job is to give the writer notes on two drafts and then we take the draft over and rewrite it mm-hmm. and and sometimes we'll rewrite the whole thing and sometimes we won't it's very time consuming uh, of course we get a lot of great stuff from these people who we necessarily we wouldn't have if we didn't do it but I think we're going to try next season to just it be the three of us for the most part oh, yeah. and Ken Marino as well who is you know is in the show and also a writer and, and is one of our co-executive producers once you start shooting though I mean you've got guys like Hubel I mean the, 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 how, Hubel how, does, how does he oh he's Hubel writes as well oh, yeah, okay, he so always writes an ep- he oh, writes okay. one episode a season for sure because I figured like you know if he's out of the process of writing no. and you give him a script oh, that, that, uh, um, that you have to open it up for him to do we would never we would never well he, he's always like there's certain people like um you know we sometimes cast a wide net like i really like to have this person right you know like diablo cody wrote uh, an episode oh, yeah. diablo cody dana fox lorene scafaria wrote an episode and liz merriweather wrote an episode a couple of years ago and they're also busy now that only diablo wrote one this season and it's great it's great um but you know, it is a it is a the, the notes process is something that you know we could eliminate if we if it were just a more insular group. But yeah, and it's funny like you talk about like you have a hard time calling yourself a writer or agreeing that mm-hmm. or thinking that you're a writer, and yet you find yourself in a position to be giving writing notes to an Academy Award. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah. Right. And. <laughs> But at the same time that you're giving notes, you you're learning stuff yourself. I mean, oh you God, also yeah. have the you have to you have to you have to have the confidence to know that you know what you like, um, and and why you like it. Yeah. And you have to have the confidence to, uh, and and that confidence comes across to the person you're talking to. Mm-hmm. So that you, you know, if you're not a dick, and yes. you're just and you're just clear about yes. what you want, then that person's not going to be so threatened no. unless they're a dick, and it, that you're exactly. they're probably not going to be there if they are. And then we've never had that problem. It yeah. should always be. They the way we give it should be in your note giving process that that yeah that person always knows that we're like well these guys know the tone of the show in a way that nobody else does right and I know the tone of the show even slightly more than than my my partners my two partners no, do let's not get excited and I am the king of children's hospital oh right. you heard it here <laughs> um, first no but no you know what I mean like like there is certain things where they've even said like this is one of those things like I don't know like. You know, Rob, you're the deciding vote, and just because it's it it is a it's it's a very it's a very odd tone. I can't even really. Yeah, it definitely is. Put my finger on what exactly is uh, in a simple sentence. And uh, um, you know, but like I said at the beginning, it really is that idea of like you you you're you're watching something that is just you know it has some money behind it. So mm-hmm. there, there, there are there, there are money people who gave you money to to do this thing, and there's a big crew and everything that's behind the thing. Mm-hmm. But the final product it comes across as like a bunch of kids doing what they want to do. Yeah, right. And and the, and that's it's uh, you don't get a lot of that. You know, I mean, it's it's you know, look as much as I love Modern Family and and Parks and Rec and stuff, they're they're just completely different shows. Mm-hmm. From something like yours, and and it opens, it just it, it you you open yourself up 
to completely different types of humor than you see on television. And without yes. getting you, you guys yes. could easily get even more like offensive. Mm-hmm. And you don't, and I like that. Right. Well, that's not the point. You know, like, the like point not, is there's no, there's no as yeah. as as potentially offensive as a lot of stuff on the show is. Yeah. It, there's no shock value stuff, and I really like. Good. That. I'm glad you said that because that is when I do an interview. You know, they're they're always like, "What? What's the one thing you couldn't, you never do?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "There's a lot of things I'd never do." Yeah. Like, <laughs> we actually like don't we always we cut things a lot because we think they're a little bit too much or, yeah. or comedy well, killers but like no it's a, more about like just being able to like try and find and you know all writers try and do this right try and find the quickest way to the funniest joke and the joke that's never been told and of course what there's maybe that's that's the holy the, grail the joke that's never the been joke told. that's never been told I don't think we've ever done it right that's a, that's but a, one of that's our a good name for an episode one of our <laughs> one of our most common notes is this one feels too familiar you know yeah, like right, this, right. this joke's been told a lot uh, first some, of all it starts with knock knock so <laughs> I don't really understand why we thought I think but think about it. Maybe Who's there should there? be a, so you're saying we should use a doorbell <laughs> what's the problem um we just figured out writing I yeah, think. yeah. <laughs> um, who is there? Who is there, right? Who is there? First line of Hamlet. Think huh. about that. Is it? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It was pretty good work. And with that, Rob Cordry turned around and ran off, <laughs> leaving JR alone in his own house. <laughs> <laughs> and coming back only he to married find JR Sandy, his wife. <laughs> <laughs> he no longer had a life. Rob kept running. Having figured it out. Have you met Sandy Havlin yet? <laughs> <laughs> My beautiful wife. Um, that's a uh, uh, we're at we're at five oh one FYI. The why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> gotta get out. Gotta get out. Uh, All of a sudden, it's just like gotta, you, you no, just hear a noise. I mean, I, that's, that's a time when I can we'll ju- we'll just cut it off there, and I'll I'll lay in like the noise of like a chair falling over <laughs> and you skating out and and the door slamming oh. and a car starting and screeching out. Okay. A very familiar joke, right? Uh, yeah. That we do in Children's Hospital this season. We're working on it in editing right now. Okay, have all those noises of somebody yeah. leaving? But it's but it's an editing fix. It's a fix for a joke that didn't work, right? Okay. So we're somebody leaves, and we have enough t- time to like do one of those like old chestnuts. Yeah, but and the the trick will be like you got to throw in the classics to let them know where you're going. But then you got to come. You know, it can't it broken can't just glass. Be, well, yeah, yeah, broken I mean, glass. You got you got your broken glass. You got your lady screaming. You got your yep. cat meowing. You got your gunshot going off. And maybe got, maybe garbage can falling over. Maybe and maybe some chickens just to you know. Just, yeah. And of course, a car screeching. Car screech. Well, cars peeling out. Peeling out. Yeah, it's got to be a car yeah, peeling yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, but then you got to. There's throw, a variation of this. One. Yeah, we're working on a variation. Well, then, what is the last? What is the what is the sound? That, what is the sound that well, you get to throw in that's going to be unusual but somehow fits? I think it's going to be. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be. We had a joke in in uh, last season, uh, two seasons ago, first episode where somebody smashes a break glass here to get you know a, a, an uh-huh. axe, an emergency axe out, and instead of putting in a sound effect, we put in the assistant editor going crash. <laughs> and it's just one of my favorite stupid jokes and so I think what it's going to be is like it's going to be like she's like guys she runs out goes through a window runs out into the street you can hear her faintly say get out of the car get out of the car and then you know and she you can hear her throwing somebody out of the car and her commandeering the car and her screeching away and running into something and then I think she, you hear a long tire screech and, she, and you hear 
crash. <laughs> <laughs> Just muffled. Yeah, probably. <laughs> a callback. You run that one by yeah. the. Uh, <laughs> I know, but the, but the, but that's that's part of what's uh, uh, what's fun about the show is that if you guys if you can get Wayne to agree to that and you guys go ahead and do that, it's yeah, it, you know you're. It's it's fun because you're having fun and you're catering to like not a lot of people are gonna gonna get yep. the call back. Yeah, but you you have the confidence. No, some people yeah. will, but some people. But it's got to like stand alone. Just think it's always fun. It's got to well. stand alone too. And right and David, you know, pitch those guys on. And I know David is it's right up David's alley, right? But but also like <laughs> he's on. always the one that he he definitely has. Uh, he if there is a reason not to do it, a valid reason. David David will have a very will. will will state it cogently, oh, and I will reluctantly agree, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, it's funny, like, we, to sort of sum that whole thing up, like, we we wrote the, the first couple seasons, it was more like we, we gave story and character development the finger and just concentrated on, on being a joke-driven show. Yeah, right. Um, and then we realized in our, about halfway through our evolution that, there's no better joke engine than a story and character development, you know? And so uh, we've, we've started to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's been great. And it's really kind of like made the show, I think, what it is right now. Um, the best show on, on television. television. At that hour on that channel. <laughs> this very specific point in time. <laughs> Crash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rob Corder, I know you got to get somewhere, and uh, I'm fucking exhausted. And, it is a pleasure. And, You've uh, done a lot of talking about writing today. I, I have, and I, 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 I sense it's not repetitive. Good. But I bet it's all exactly the same fucking stuff. <laughs> it might it'll be. get spread out over a certain amount of time, yeah. so it doesn't make any difference. The kids don't care. They do, The though. kids See, don't care. that's just it. Oh, and the, I care. yeah, actually. And I care, and I think that comes across, and that's what makes kids it Kids who want to be writers, no one cares more than them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'll you'll hear about it. They're, well, their parents. <laughs> they, they they care a little bit. About um, what's but hey, gonna, man. What's this, well, thank you for asking me. It's it's uh it's really uh it's really kind of an honor like to be asked about writing by you. Like I uh, oh please here uh, it comes here, here it comes. comes here it no, comes. I mean it. Like that that first piece for the day that like it was the also the tank that by the way terrible? it was also the last piece I was ever asked to contribute. <laughs> on. But uh but I was like wow you know I'm getting uh getting a crash course with these guys (laughs) imagine that and uh, it was a brilliant failure yeah Yeah. well that's what 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 better way to move on with your life (laughs) exactly yeah Rob Cordry welcome uh, or thank you for being on the uh, writer's block Um, continued success love the show thank you blah 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 yada 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 keep the white off Keep the, great, keep, the, keep, keep the white off? Or the, keep the white off. The white, keep you the mean whites. the, the, the oh, oh, I see. Keep the whites off. The no. <laughs> keep the weight off. You look great. Oh, you I look really... Should I keep the whites off? Also, we're not still rolling, right? Oh, good. Because okay. I have a whole philosophy I want to tell you about. How about the whites? And blacks. Well, and we'll see you later, everybody. <laughs> good night. Say good night, Rob. Good night. Well, there you have it. Nothing like closing out the show with some borderline racist humor. But it was mainly racist against white people, and let's be honest, we kind of deserve it. Coming up on the podcast real soon, we've got Neil Brennan, who co-created Chappelle's show, co-wrote Half-Baked. He's a great comedian. I'm not going to say he's seen it all, but he's seen a lot, and he tells us about it. 
Also coming up, Megan Gans, writer from Modern Family. I'd never even met Megan before we sat down at the mic, but we went off like old high school pals. It was great. And hopefully we'll squeeze in one of those special episodes I was telling you about. I was at the Woodstock Writers Festival in Woodstock, New York recently, taped an amazing episode of the podcast in front of a very live audience with three guests, Bill Sheff from Letterman, Jess Dweck from Fallon, and Meredith Scardino from Colbert. It was an outstanding experience, and I'll get it out there as soon as I can. Say goodnight, blockheads. Blockheads.